Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,593. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest calling in from Olathe, Kansas, Megan Meyer. Megan Meyer is no stranger to a life in the fast lane. She grew up around the sport of drag racing and at the young age of 10, climbed behind the wheel of a junior dragster. At the age of 16 and 17, she earned back-to-back championships. In 2015, she obtained her NHRA Top Alcohol dragster license and after graduating college she competed in 17 races in 2016. Megan has an impressive racing resume that includes her first national event win at the NHRA four wide nationals in Charlotte five runner-up finishes all three special awards best appearing car best appearing crew and best engineered car as well as setting the record for the quickest female pass of 5.15 seconds wow with a nearly perfect season in the lucas oil central region series megan clinched her first top alcohol dragster championship in only her sophomore season all this and she's only 27 years old we'll be back in a minute to talk with megan but first a word from our valued sponsor that make this show possible and by the way a shout out to my good friend bogey leitner who introduced me to megan bogey is a past guest here on cars yeah sit tight buckle up we're going to move fast we'll be right back when it comes to your vehicles things can get a little messy rain snow salt mud dirt and everything mother nature comes up with can hurt the finish of your vehicles both inside and out like that bird on the branch up above your car I'm not worried, though, because I've used Covercraft products on my ride since 1975. That's right, since 1975. Today, Covercraft offers you a total solution for vehicle protection. They make the best-fitting, finest-made car covers in the world and offer a wide variety of materials, colors, and options that protect your paint and the interior, whether your car is inside or outside. Plus, they keep your car cool when it's parked in the sun. Live where it's really sunny all the time? (laughs) Lucky. Covercraft covers and sunscreens are the best. If you've got pets, messy kids, messy in-laws, just plain messy friends, Covercraft seat covers are the perfect fit and perfect solution for keeping your seats looking new. They're easy on, easy off, and they're easy to wash too. And don't forget Covercraft's custom fit floor mats and trunk liners. Plus, They're very handy seatback organizers. They are must-haves for all your vehicles. Your car, your truck, your van, or whatever you drive will say thank you. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH120, that's Y-E-A-H-120, at Covercraft.com, you can get 10% off your Covercraft order. Just go to Covercraft.com, check out all the products they have to protect your vehicles, use the code YEAH120 at checkout, and get that 10% discount. That's Covercraft.com and use Yeah120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, founded Adobe Road Winery. 
Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series. These are four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends, titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Apex. It's a rich and complex blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, and Cabernet Franc. This blend is a showcase of perfection and hits the apex with its full-bodied smooth finish. An added very cool option is the label. It's a multi-dimensional rumble strip apex reminiscent of Turn 4 at Laguna Seca. The racing series is a spectacular gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in all caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the racing series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout for $10 off your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to adoberoadwines.com today and use the code CARSYEAH. Cheers! The 4th Annual Saratoga Motor Car Auction will take place on Friday, September 18th and Saturday, September 19th. It will be held at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center in the beautiful Saratoga Spa State Park, located in upstate New York. Presented by the Saratoga Automobile Museum, a not-for-profit institution, this live event continues to be the premier collector car auction for the Northeastern United States. Proceeds from the auctions help support the museum's educational programs and exhibits that engage, educate, and inspire the automotive community. To consign your vehicle, view current inventory, and register to bid, visit SaratogaMotorCarAuctions.org. There you can learn how finance partner J.J. Best Bank and insurer partner Haggerty can help put you in your dream vehicle. That's SaratogaMotorCarAuctions.org. Hey, Megan, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am, Mark. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here. And definitely kind of a silly question for someone in the fast lane like you to be buckled up because you spent a lot of time strapped into a very fast automobile. I'm amazed at what you've done in uh, in your lifetime. Oh my gosh, drag racing is so cool to go see and it's just incredible. I can't even imagine. Before we get started, I want to ask you a question. What's one little thing that most people don't know about you? Well, Mark, one thing that a lot of people don't know about me, unless they really follow me online, is that I started my own graphic design business. So I graduated from college with a degree in graphic design five years ago. And for me, I had to make a choice of would I rather take the traditional career corporate route or start my own business or find a job that I could work while I'm on the road traveling, following the NHRA circuit, racing with my family. So I went with option number two and took a big risk, but thankfully it all worked out. You know, this is so exciting to me. One thing I mentioned to Megan in our pre-show chat 
my degree is in graphic design and advertising, so we share a little something there. But back when I graduated, we didn't have these things called computers and working online and so forth. So it's pretty cool that you can travel, work online, do creative things. And we're going to talk a little bit more about not only your drag racing career, but also this creative side of you and what you're doing with that. But first, I want to ask you this, Megan. What's a little mantra or success quote that has some meaning to you? It's a nice way to get the inspirational tire smoking here on Cars. Yeah, something you're used to doing to tires. So Megan, grab the wheel. Of course. And one of my favorite quotes is something that I learned or I I heard it from someone a long time ago. And I, I don't exactly remember the source. But it's a very common um, quote, and I hear it a lot. And it's, what got you here won't get you there. Uh And whenever I hear that quote, it it really motivates me to Uh remember I have a bigger goal in mind. And what I'm working on right now may not be the exact path that gets me there. You know, we all go through seasons of life. And in the future, I mean, obviously, I'm a female. So for me to be able to have a family and have kids, I am going to have to give up the driver's seat. And for me to be able to have a family, racing will not get me there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just, it applies to so many different parts of your life and career, lifestyle, personal stuff. So I just love that quote and I have it on my wall and it's just a great reminder of me to always focus on the bigger picture. You know, there's a great uh, metaphor here, analogy to what you do, because in racing, you're always looking head up way down the track to where you want to go, not where you are. And it works great for this quote that you shared with us today. So in life, if you just look at where you are today and you're not always looking ahead, setting that bar higher, you'll never get there. You'll just kind of stay static to where you are. So I love this quote. It's a fantastic way to go through life. And I'd like to have you kind of dig deeper into what you're doing these days with your racing. But let's start with this. How has this pandemic affected you and your racing this year? And is everybody healthy and safe in your family? Yes, we are all healthy and safe. Um, I have not personally known anybody that has gotten the virus, thankfully. But yeah, so racing has been on hold for quite a while. We were at a race. Um, our first race of the year, we, it was the middle of March. We were down in Louisiana, mm-hmm. right by New Orleans. And we had a great outing. My sister won the race and she's two years younger than me and races part time. And she she won the race. It was a great weekend. And then two weeks after that, we headed over to Florida for our first. It was the NHRA Gator Nationals, our first big race of the year. And I flew in on a Wednesday night. Thursday morning, we were getting the cars checked in. They were already running time trials for the other sportsman classes. And about in the middle of the day, right after we like got the pits all set up, like everything was done, ready to go. The announcer said, we're going to have to cancel the race. It'll be rescheduled. We have no idea when we are going to run this race, but it has to stop yeah. right now. Oh wow! And so they gave us a, a a warning. They said, you either have to leave the track right now or wait until you like, I don't know. It's kind of strange because they're saying you can only leave the track either early in the morning or really late at night. So, um, so yes. What were you, I mean, what were you thinking? Where like, did they give you any reason? What did they talk to you about? It's because of this virus, this pandemic, or did they just say, we're done. See you later. Go home. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of rumors going around the pits because nobody really had, um, an idea of why, but it was, you know, the government governor of Florida, um, you know, whoever had to make that decision to stop 
mm-hmm. sports and, and to stop spectators from coming into the races. Um, and I know there was people that were just arriving to the track that have drove hours to get there oh, yeah. and just to have to turn around and go back home. So that happened to us. So me and my dad were able to catch a flight the next day. They're very expensive, but we flew home. And then we had um, our crew guys drive the truck and trailer from Florida to Houston, where they were located at. Mm. And typically, we, we usually bring it, the rig home with us to Kansas. But because our, our next scheduled race was in Houston, we figured we might as well just leave it down there where they live at. So that way, we don't have to drive from Kansas to Houston. Mm-hmm. But then that race had also gotten canceled and rescheduled and so we were on hold for about three months from racing until we had our next race which um, ended up being in Dallas we were actually able to bring the truck and trailer home but we had to wait about two months to be able to have it leave the um, county line of where it was at our our guys actually tried to leave and they got stopped before they could get onto the highway and they were told to go back home. Oh my gosh. Wow. So we were, we went weeks and months without our race cars and it's just so strange because you know, they're yeah. always there. There's always stuff to work on. So it's so funny because we had all this time now to get all of our to-do list done, you know, the things around the house that I had to do and, and my parents and all that stuff. So so it was a good thing for us to get, get those honeydews done. <laughs> yeah. So then we had a race, um, Memorial Day weekend. We got to race in Dallas, and it was the very first race since March. And it was just kind of a, a test run just to see how things would go. They did allow spectators to come on the very last day, mm-hmm. but there wasn't very many that actually showed up because they never actually announced it or advertised it or actually oh, told yeah. people that yeah. they could come out to the race and watch. So um, it's just interesting. But it, the race turned out great. We won the event, second year in a row of winning that race. So it was a great turnout for us. Yes. Now we are on hold again until mid-July so we can go back racing. And then what's crazy is because they had to push all these races back, they canceled a bunch of them. And now it's literally we have from middle of July until Thanksgiving, we have a race every weekend except for two weeks. Oh, my gosh. That's a brutal, yes. a brutal path. Holy cow. Well, you know, I, I've had many, many racers on this show. The last one I had on the show was Spencer Pompelli, and uh, he had the same problem. They were doing an endurance race. He races for TRG and uh, hardpoint racing, and uh, they were in the middle of, of qualifying, and all of a sudden, yeah, they came up and said, nope, we're done, can't race, go home. We're, we're finished. So uh, this has been a dramatic effect, uh, needless to say, almost a silly comment at this point on everybody's lives. So uh, I'm glad that you can come back to racing. But my gosh, how are you guys going to pull this off weekend after weekend after weekend? I, how do you even have time to get to the next venue? It's crazy. Um, but thankfully, they aren't, um, you know, the way how they lay out the schedule. It's not going from East Coast to West Coast. So we do mostly East Coast and okay. Midwest racing. So yeah, I mean, that's going to be crazy, but we are kind of used to it. I mean, in the past, we've been on the road for up to six weeks. Now it's going to be nine weeks in a row that we'll have to be on the road. Wow. So what our plan is, is to, um, we can buy our fuel at the tracks. So we don't have to worry about hauling around a bunch of fuel in the trailer, which is good. Yes. And then oil is our next big issue because we have to put oil and fuel in after every single run. So oil, we are going to buy some drums and then see if they can be shipped to the track. So that way we don't have to worry about hauling them around and having that weight in the trailer. 
And then, yeah, like hopefully, I mean, we have, we always have spare parts, spare motors, spare blocks in the trailer ready to go. So hopefully it will last for us. Yeah. <laughs> we, oh, yeah. we won't be blowing, blowing up a bunch of engines. So hopefully, I mean, last year, all of our parts lasted for a very long time. Okay. So we're hoping to have the same result this year. So that way, you know, we don't have to be buying parts on the road, drop shipping them to tracks and stuff like that. So right. our biggest thing is oil and fuel and those way the most, you know, they're big, bulky drums. So oh, yeah. I think we've got it all figured out. Yeah, we'll just kind of see how it goes. It's just, it's like the rest of the world. We're just having to adjust as we go every day. Rules are changing every day. So uh, yeah, you do the best you can do with what you're given. And in the racing world, that's kind of what the racing world's all about, right? I mean, you just do what you have to do with what you're given. You never know what's going to happen at the track. What you've raced, now you race with, uh, you have Megan Meyer Racing, Andy Meyer's Racing, uh, the Umbrella Corporation, which is your dad's business, right? Your dad is the one that kind of got you into this world. Yes, he did. And I've been driving for 17 years. And my dad, um, he got started back in the 1970s. He was racing with his brother. And they were just doing it for fun, just at the local track in Kansas City. They started by just working on cars for other people. And they started by building chassis and motors. And then they got into driving. And now it's, it's turned into this whole thing. My dad went for top fuel back in the 90s he did it for a couple of years but found out how expensive it is oh, to yeah. run so then uh then he started in the top alcohol class which is just a step down below it's very similar mm-hmm. um chassis cars but just much cheaper and much more affordable and um just as much fun so that's what we've been doing for the past 20 something years well it's incredible i mean talk about a family affair and then your sister rachel you mentioned is a couple years younger than you and i would assume your mom's on the road probably helping and doing a whole lot of things as well to kind of keep the brood all together and everybody happy and and uh and packed in right yes she is um and growing up you know we didn't have this um big crew and and truck and trailer and, and now we run two and i mean this year we're, we plan on running three cars this year and um, it's just crazy how big our operation has got but growing up it was not like that at all yeah. growing up it was just my parents me and my sister and then one or two other guys that lived around that would just come to the races on their days off from work and sure. come help us out but that, that's how it was we grew up the race shop was at our house. We grew up working on the cars nights and weekends. And, you know, I would have much rather been off going to the, the movies or whatever with my friends. But but now I was home working on the cars. And, yeah. um, you know, looking back now, I, I appreciate it very much. Whereas in the moment, I, I didn't really see that that big picture of what was going on. Well, that's uh, you learn that when you become an adult and you go, you know, my parents, maybe they were right about a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear that from my kids. Let's talk a little bit before we jump to the next question about this motorsport design business that you have in addition to your racing. So what kind of things do you do and who is your target market? Yeah. So with my degree, um, you know, when I was going through college, all of my class projects and homework, I just use our race team as the the subject of it. Mm -hmm. And when I was learning about Photoshop, I was making hero cards and trying to figure out how to crop out the background of the cars and and add patterns and textures and all that. So once I graduated from college with this degree, and I was trying to start my own business, there was a couple other teams that saw what I was making and reached out to me and was like, hey, I need some hero cards. Can you make me some? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. So it's just 
slowly started out like that. Um, now I have a, a designer that works for me. Um, and so we do logo designs, branding, um, like posters, flyers, banners, anything you need for sponsors, hero cards, merchandise, like t-shirts, hats, um, website stuff, social media stuff, basically anything that a race team would need to promote their team and their sponsors. And that's really um, what I focus on is more about the promotion Mm -hmm. side of it. And I mean, really, I've basically worked with every top alcohol dragster and funny car team that I race against. Cool. But now, you know, like there's a, of course, there's a few local companies, people, friends that I know that, you know, need some help. So I help them out. Um, but I'm really geared towards racing and the motorsport side. And with that, you know, also work with sponsorship companies and, you know, if they need help with something, we're always there to help them out. But also the fact that they kind of also struggle with social media or they're, they're wanting their teams that they sponsor to do more on social media. Mm-hmm. And so I found that there's like kind of this need in our, in our sport. So uh, over this time that coronavirus happened and, uh, oh, and also I was supposed to get married in April and oh, had oh, no. to cancel that as well. Oh, so I'm sorry. <laughs> so I had all this time on my hands and I was yeah. sitting at home. I was going through my to-do list and, and this thing that's been on the, the bottom of my list for forever. I always been putting it off, but I've been wanting to do it for years was to do something to educate racers or sponsors about how to use social media mm. better for, for marketing and for advertising promotion and, and how you can actually use that whenever you're pitching to a potential sponsor. So I, I took all this time that I had, I recorded a whole bunch of videos and made PowerPoints and scripts and all this stuff and, and put it all together and made a course about it. So it's eight modules of a course that I, I created. It's called Driven by Social and it's to teach racers. I mean, I geared it towards NHRA racers because that's who I mostly work with. But mm-hmm. once I posted it on social media and I sent it out to my newsletter list saying, hey, this thing's open if you guys are interested. It's half off. You guys can, can take it right now. There was so many racers from overseas, from other different sports that I had oh, never oh, met great. before that reached out and wanted it. So it's just so awesome. We were, we were able to help 75 racers and a lot of them rushed through it. And now they're starting to see results online. Nice. And it's just so cool to kind of see that transformation that they're going through. So I am in no way an expert or guru at Instagram and Facebook and, and all that, but I just, I have a passion for it yep. and for good design and good marketing. So I wanted to help people out. And so this is um, what I made. So, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Well, you are one talented woman. And I love this whole driving your, I love the word driven too, driving your business into your racing career and then marketing. And I mean, this is just a wonderful story. What a success story for you. And uh, I'm sorry you didn't get to get married this year. I had a nephew who was supposed to get married this year too, and they've had to cancel till the fall. And hopefully we'll all be able to travel and, and arrive at an event by then but mm-hmm. uh you know it'll happen when it's supposed to happen that's all i can all i can say so uh and your dad has a little more time to save up some more money because my daughter just got married last year and oh my <laughs> gosh it's expensive so uh yeah yes. yeah very cool <laughs> well you're one bright and fast moving lady for sure now let's talk a little bit about a big challenge that you faced in your life maybe even a huge failure and i want you to walk us through it but more importantly what did that experience help you learn so you can move forward in a positive way Yeah. um, I mean, of course, the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that we have 
struggled for many years with our race team. And every team goes through that. You know, it's just ebbs and flows, just like everything in life. Um, but I remember for there's probably a three year streak from like 2007 to 2010. And I was in high school at that time and my dad was racing full time and he could not win a race to for those three years. Yeah. And it, it was just I mean, it, it really pushes you to, to think about your passion and why you are doing this and throwing all this money at this car. Mm-hmm. And it's not not good enough. Yeah. You know, with that, it, it really helped us turn things around. In 2015 was when I started racing. I just did one race that year and um, well, I was still in school at the time. But from 2010 to 2015, we really had it like fine tune every single detail of the car. We got a new chassis. Um, that was part of the issue because the car that we were running was the car that my dad had built himself like never put it on a jig or anything oh, like wow, just yeah. hand built it in the shop and it, it was very old chassis um you know we front half and back half our cars about every other year mm-hmm. but it, the tubing gets old gets twisted gets worn out yeah. gets um uneven and so we got a new chassis that helped us a lot um we got carbon fiber bodies instead of the aluminum um, multi-piece body where you have the Zeus buttons that hold it all together. Now we have just a one-piece carbon fiber body that's very light. Mm-hmm. Um, so it helps save a bunch of weight so that way we can go faster. I mean, we just had to change and rethink our operation. And it, we wouldn't have done that if we didn't have struggled so much to get through to that point. And then, so 2015, we, we got this new car. And right off the bat, we just ran so much better with it. Um, it's just it's just easier um, to tune it. Yeah. And now we have um, we have three cars now that are very similar to that car that we had. And um, you know, all three cars they're very similar, but there's just little things that are are different with them. And so whenever we are tuning for them, we have to to realize, oh, this clutch combination is going on this car or or this motor or this injector is going on this car. So we have to like really think about all this stuff. And it took a long time to get to this point to understand now that we're running a multi-car operation of how each of them are going to react. And the fact that we have different drivers in the seats of all these cars. (laughs) I mean, it's taken a long time to figure all this stuff out and having to go through all those struggles, you know, would not change it for the world because that makes you stronger and the long oh, yeah. run you smarter. And um, it's really helped us get to become the world champion again. Well, you know, that's the thing about racing. I've heard after interviewing hundreds, I think over 300 racers now here on Cars Jazz, you just never, ever give up and you've just got to keep working at it. And people who don't understand racing and especially drag racing, they say, how hard can it be? It just goes straight for like five seconds mm-hmm. and you're over. Uh, there's so many components that, that are involved. And I always encourage people, if you've never been to a drag race, you should go take a young person. It is exhilarating. It will blow you away. You won't believe it. Uh, it's amazing. You feel it into your bones. Uh, it's absolutely spectacular. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. And we come back, we're going to talk a little bit with you, Megan, about your personal passion for automobiles and racing. So sit tight, keep your seatbelt on tight. We're coming right back. Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. 
America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast, with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH. For buy, sell, hold, that's code BSH, and you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right, $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yow for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. All right, we're back. Would you tell me a story that instigated this passion you have for racing was there a particular time in your life? I know you grew up in a racing family. Maybe it was destiny, but was it that time when you said, you know what, this is what I want to do? Yeah. So I got my first race car when I was 10 years old and the age to start racing was eight years old. So the reason why we waited those two years was just because we had to wait for my little sister to turn <laughs> eight years old. Yeah. And then, you know, we did literally every single thing together growing up, mm -hmm. whether it was um, dance and gymnastics and cheerleading. And we did 4-H. We always did everything together. And let me tell you, my sister and I did not get along <laughs> at all growing up. I mean, we were yeah. so competitive with each other, always trying to one-up each other, no sure. matter what we did, whether it's grades or racing or whatever. So that really made us, we pushed each other yeah. all the time to always be better, get the better reaction time, have a faster car. Again, one of those things where you look back now and you're thankful for how it made you who you are to this day, but while you're going through it, yeah, it was, not so much. It was a battle, I um, can imagine. Yeah. Your poor parents, I can't oh, even yes. imagine. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many times where they just wanted to leave us at the racetrack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah don't make me come back there. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I've said that many times. Well, let's talk about your first really special car. Now, this could be the first race car you got in that you went, yeah, I made it. Or maybe it's a street car that you've had. But what was that first ride? Well, my very first car was a junior dragster. And they they have actually lowered the age limit. So they can start racing when they're five years old now, what? which to me is just crazy. Five? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Five years old. Yes. And so they run an eighth of a mile. They do different age classes. So it'd be like five and six years old together. And then I believe it's seven to nine, 10 to 13 or 10 to 12 and then 13 to 18. So which each class, they go a little bit faster and they all have a, a certain bracket of mm-hmm. speed that they can go. And so everyone just tries to go as fast as they can without going over that limit. And that was the most fun racing I've ever had. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that my sister and I kind of had to do it all on our own, especially once I turned 16 and got my driver's license. My dad pretty much handed me the keys to the dually and was like, here you go. If you want to race, you, you can go race. But he's <laughs> like, I'm I'm racing my own car. I'm not home to take care of your stuff. So yeah. if you blow up your motor, you got to you got to change it. It really um, taught me and my sister about what it's like to actually run a car, not mm. just be the driver that shows up to drive. Right. You know, a lot of kids are like that. A lot of the kids don't actually learn all the mechanical side of it. And, and that's okay. That's just not how we grew up. Right. And that really, again, helped us with the passion and dedication that we had for the sport because the way how we worked it out was my sister would be like one of the first cars to run down the in the class and so i'd go start her car up and then set her idle and she'd be fine and then i'd push my car up to the side and i would just wait and then i'd be the very last one and then i'd jump in get my my fire suit on my helmet on and then i'd have one of our friend's parents start up my car and then i could do i mean you can do your burnout everything else from there Mm -hmm. so i mean that's that's just how we did it and that's how things went and absolutely loved it there's very little maintenance on those types of cars, I mean, changing the oil, spark. there's only one spark plug. <laughs> so okay, yeah. Very easy to maintain those cars. And so it's easy for us to, to be able to do that on our own. And then when I was 16, I also stepped up to the next class, which is called a super contractor. Mm. And so I actually stayed in the juniors until I was 18, until I was old enough to, to race it as, as far as I could. And so I raced with two completely different cars. For, for those two years from 16 to 18. And it was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of pressure because one car, you're going 80 miles per hour an eighth of a mile. And then the next car, you're going 180 miles per hour in a quarter mile. Oh, oh my gosh. And just very different. Um, yeah. You know, with the super comp car, they have the delay box. They have the throttle stop, um, you know, trainee brake, all this mechanical um, and electrical stuff. Whereas the junior is just like, the most basic thing in the world. So that's just how we got started. And it was just so much fun. I loved it. If I could go back and do that, I would. (laughs) Well, what a way to have a life as a kid. That's just absolutely incredible. I wish I could do stuff like that. All I was driving down the street was a crummy little go-kart we built out of a Briggs and Stratton motor (laughs) and a rigid frame. So that I learned really quickly about you need to have a way to turn that motor off because uh, my throttle stuck wide open and I ran right into somebody's garage door. So yeah. yeah. (laughs) Ouch. I remember that. Then I had to save money to pay for the garage door I damaged. Yep. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you, Megan. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car parked in your garage, what would Megan be and why? 
I think that I would be a Tesla. A Tesla? Why a Tesla? Yeah. Well, I've actually never driven one or sat in one, and I, I would like to. But I really like the Teslas because they're very efficient. You know, they just need a fraction of maintenance compared to, to other cars. And, you know, they're very sleek and sexy and modern. And yeah. to me, it's just, it's I really am attracted the truck, not so much, but the cars, I think, are awesome. <laughs> yeah, the truck's a little different, that's for sure. But uh, everything that yeah. Elon does is different, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, he's in one incredible person. Do you see or will there be electric drag racing in the future? They are getting there. So there are a couple of different types of electric dragsters. There's mm -hmm. an electric Camaro that they're working on. So that is going to be the future. I don't know how much of it will be in the future, mm -hmm. but they are definitely working on that, trying to get them to go 200 miles per hour yeah. and faster. So that is something that you will be seeing in the drag racing world. I would imagine so. When you think about Teslas in their ludicrous mode, and I've been in one of those, and oh my gosh, the acceleration is insane. Uh, same with the Porsche Taycan. It's just insanely fast it's like being well, i imagine it's kind of like being in a dragster of course what you guys race is way faster but just the sensation <laughs> and feeling and that instant on power and torque uh so i can certainly yeah. see they're going to be doing that sometime in the future of course we won't have that thunderous screaming howl of a tough fuel dragster but uh mm -hmm. that's okay i think we'll still have some fun with it well we're entering what i call the last lap i'm going to fire off some questions here ask her some quick blips of that i guess can you blip a tesla throttle there's no sound <laughs> so i'm going to say quick blips of your dragster throttle that sounds much there we cooler go. Yeah. so here we go uh, what's one of your personal habits megan that you believe has helped contribute to your success in racing well, the biggest thing I would say is archery and I am a bow hunter. Archery. Yeah. I just, I started doing it um, right after college and I just fell in love with it. You know, I come from, I live out in the sticks, come from a big hunting family. Uh -huh. And so, um, archery, shotguns, rifles, they, I've always grown up around them. Mm -hmm. Um, never really picked up a bow until I was in college or just getting out of school. And, um, you know, I would just go to the range and shoot off a couple of arrows and, and I loved it. Wow. What I think archery and like shooting clays, you know, it really helps you focus and yeah. you get in that zone. You have a lot of pressure on you. I mean, physically, like holding back the string, you have a lot of pressure mm -hmm. and you have to just clear your head, focus on the target and make a quick decision um, and react. Yes. And so a lot of that translates into drag racing and when you're you're going up to the the staging beams and you pre-stage and you stage and you're watching your or you don't actually watch your competitor but you know you kind of see what they're doing based on how they stage and all that stuff is very very mental mm -hmm. um drag racing is not as quite of a physical sport as other motorsports are like supercross yeah. and so you just always have to be 100 percent focused and i believe archery and like even doing yoga has helped me get into that zone and then really really focus on every single detail of what's going on yeah i mean it, like i said it's all mental so just yeah. anything you can do to to strengthen your your mental um, muscles you know that will always help you and drag racing. Oh, that's fascinating. I had the, the racer Willie T. Ribs on my show a couple months ago. And one of the things he does 
that he said helped him in racing was uh, skeet shooting, Uh, you know, shooting skeets Mm -hmm. and five stand and so forth or shotguns. And I've done that as well. It's a really fun sport and it does make you really, really focus and you got to take a breath and, you know, really get your brain right to be able to hit that thing flying through the air. So uh, I've never, I think I shot arrows last when I was a kid or something. And, but uh, I would imagine, and I can see how that could help you train, and especially yoga as well, as breathing, focus, uh, mental, physical energy. Uh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. How about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the racing industry, living or deceased, who would it be? I would love to have a drink with Wally Parks, who is deceased, but he is the founder of NHRA. Yeah. And I never got the chance to meet him in person. We hear so many stories about him. The the trophy that we have is a replica of him. And so I would just love to kind of pick his brain and, and just travel back in history to what it was like when he started drag racing and see what he would think of what it is now with all this this media, the cameras, the big screen, packed stadiums. Is is this what he imagined? It would be so cool to see what he has to say. I know. Wouldn't it be cool? It'd be like bringing Henry Ford back and showing him a new Ford GT. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, he'd go, oh my gosh, what did I start? How about the best racing advice someone else has ever given you? What would that be? The best racing advice honestly has nothing to do with racing. It's all about uh, networking. Mm. And so, um, I mean, like you said in the beginning, Bogey introduced us. Yes. And I would have never met Bogey if I didn't go to a networking event. Mm. And that was for women in auto care. And that's where I met her a couple of years ago. So that was just one of the things that my dad really drilled into my brain while I was growing up because I was in charge of all the the marketing, the the PR sponsorship stuff, taking pictures and videos while he was racing. And just, we would go to the trade shows, we go to SEMA and PRI show. And he'd always just literally like push me in front of booths and make me like introduce myself to these strangers and, and companies that I knew nothing about. And I really just, learned the hard way about how to um, network in person. And then from there, via email, LinkedIn, online, whatever. I'm really thankful for that. And a lot of those relationships that I built a long time ago are now paying off because oh, yeah. now there it's companies that are, you know, we're either partnering with to be sponsors nowadays or wanting to help in other different areas or with like my design business or even helping them connect to other racers that it would be a good fit for. So. To me, that was the most important skill that I had to learn to be a race car driver is to network outside of racing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a good friend, Cindy Sisson, who I call the super connector, and she's connected me with so many people in racing and uh, the automotive world. And it goes back to when I was young. I remember one of my first clients when I was in graphic design saying, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. That's really true. And you've got to get out there and market yourself. And now it's easier than it ever was back when I was a kid. And we didn't even have cell yeah. phones, but uh, there's lots of ways <laughs> to do it. And it's important to keep that image in a high level because you never know who might run across something that you've been pictured doing in the past. And they might be a potential sponsor and go, I don't know. What's she doing at that party with that red cup in her hand? Maybe she's a drinker. Uh, Maybe I won't support that person. So yeah, be careful. Protect your image. It's really, really important. Now, how about a resource? Is there one out there that you'd like to share that you think our listeners would enjoy? Um, Yeah. I mean, if anyone would like to know more about us or about our team, my dad's background, um, they can find all that information at randymeyerracing.com. 
cool. I'll make sure I put a link to that, randymeyerracing.com on Megan's show notes page so that uh, you can go there and check out what they're up to. There's a cool video there about Megan and her sister Rachel about racing and her dad and her mom. So uh, go there and check it out. Now, is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading, might learn something from? Well, I actually have two books for you, Mark. Cool. And one of them I am finishing up. The next one is on the deck to read next. Okay. Now, the first one is called Contagious by Jonah Berger, and it's definitely a marketing business book. So okay. it's all about his six reasons of why things become viral. Ah. And it's not just online, but like word of mouth in person. Why would you recommend this restaurant or the doctor or whatever? And so it's just a very interesting book. And I'm going through it very slowly and taking notes because I think a lot of this will help so many racers with trying to get sponsorships mm-hmm. or even just like if they want to want to make a video, how to make it go viral online so that way they can get bigger. Yeah. And then the next book is called Fueling Around by J.K. Kelly. J.K. Kelly actually sent this to me um, to read and I have not opened it up yet, but it's the, a story about the company VP Fuels, about how they, they made the company, all the different challenges they went through in life. And, um, you know, I'm just really excited to read this book. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely this one's more of a racing book about, you know, one of the biggest companies out there in yeah. the racing industry. So I would recommend both of these books to anybody that loves reading, but I'm really excited to read Fueling Around next. Yeah, I like the title too. That's pretty cool. Uh, a little bit of a play on words. Well, I'll make sure I put a link to these two books on Megan's show notes page. Just go to carsyow.com, type in Megan Meyer. Her page will pop up and these two books will be there. There's another great place on the Carsyow website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's over 1,600 books listed there by my inspiring automotive enthusiast guests, all with whiz- easy, quick, easy links to buy. All right, Megan, we're up to the checkered flag here and I'm going to I'm going to have some fun today. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car. It doesn't matter what it is, where it is, how expensive it is. I'm going to provide it to you. Buy it, park it in your garage. But there's a couple rules to this game. One is you can't sell it to fund your racing. So if you pick an expensive car, you're stuck with it. I want you to be able to enjoy this thing and drive it. So this could be a vintage car, a collector car, a fun car. It could be a supercar. It could be a vintage race car that you might want to enjoy. Uh, But here's the hard part. It's the only one cool collector car that you can have. So it needs to tick a lot of boxes for you. So what can I buy you today? Well, Mark, my latest favorite car that I would love to have uh-huh. is from the Ford versus Ferrari movie. Okay. And I went in the theaters and watched that movie. And to be honest, I didn't really know what the whole story was with that, mostly because I just strictly follow an HRA in the drag racing yeah. world. But I cried at the end of the movie and I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it, but I was very emotional and I loved that movie. So I would love to have the Ford GT40 from that movie. Uh, uh, Yeah, no kidding. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a great, another book you should read, Megan, called Go Like Hell. Okay. By A.J. Bame, B-A-I-M-E. A.J.'s been a guest twice here on Cars Yeah. It's a very famous book about the about the same thing the movie talks about, Ford versus Ferrari, what they went through. It goes into much more in-depth than a movie could ever go into. But I would love to get you a Ford GT40. You know what's cool about that car is you can drive it on the street or the racetrack. Uh, they mm-hmm. made street versions of that car, racing versions of that car, and uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful vehicle. I think you're going to like that car a lot. I'll tell you, I have a good friend named Lance Stander 
who owns Superformance, and they make continuation. They don't, they're not replicas. They're continuation for GT40s and Ford Cobras, Shelby Cobras. Um, he also does Daytona Coupes. They do the uh, Chevrolet Grand Sport and a couple other vehicles. He builds a very, very cool car that I think I should give him a call and have him build you a car. We can make it any color you want, uh, any kind of power plant, customize it to you. Maybe it's not as good as having an original car, but I tell you what, it's actually better. They drive better. They stop faster. They go quicker. Really, really cool car. So check out Lance Stander at Superformance. I think you'll have some fun there. Megan, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew this would be fun. I'm really grateful that Bogey introduced us. Um, I really enjoyed learning more about you. You're such an intelligent and sharp young woman. Uh, kudos to what you've done with your life so far. you got a long way to go. Uh, can't wait to hear about your wedding next year, right? Oh, actually, it will be this year in October. In October. As long okay. as everything it, can stay, happen. Yeah, so. everything can. Well, we'll keep all of our fingers crossed for you and your fiance <laughs> and your whole family. So congratulations on that. Is there one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer us before you rip off down the drag strip in that Ford GT40? Sure. Um, you know, last week in my yoga class, my yoga instructor told me this. This and I, I was something that that really resonated with me, and I actually just posted it on my social media, and I'd like to share it with you. Okay. And she said that we were in the middle of doing this really big, challenging um, pose for yoga, and she said if your mind is telling you to quit, you're only at forty percent capacity. Oh. So when you want to quit, you still have sixty percent of your mental and physical potential left. So don't give up even when your mind is telling you to. Wow. And that can just, that can apply to so many different things outside of yoga. But yeah, so just, um, you know, if you're determined to, to do something, but your mind's telling you to not do it, whether it's something physical or, or not, or work-related or, or life-related, mm -hmm. um, just remember that you still have 60% potential wow. left to actually get it done the 40% I like that I've never heard that before wow well that's yeah. that's very inspiring the other thing I'll add to that is if you feel like quitting stop and remind yourself why you started yes and maybe it relates to that 40% rule as well get that enthusiasm back that's very cool first time I've heard that here on the show and again the best way for you listeners to learn more about Megan is go to randymeyerracing.com uh, you can link into Megan there you can follow her and her sister and her dad and the whole team and see how they're doing. Megan, thanks again for spending so much wonderful time with us today uh, and for being such a great guest here on Cars Yeah and sharing your life and your experiences. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Grateful to have this conversation with you and yes, can't wait for next time. Absolutely. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover 
and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!